What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me on the third episode of the Ramen and Wrestling Professional Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Stinger, uh, wearing my Finn Balor t-shirt. Um, so, as I mentioned, I watched Monday Night Raw live last week in Houston while I was I was in the arena. It's my very first ever uh, televised event, or WWE event. I was at a reality of wrestling TV taping, which was pretty cool. Um, so, uh, a little bit, I want to talk a little bit more about Raw this week, uh, than I did last week, you know, cause I was there, which was amazing. Uh, so, Raw actually started off with a talking segment from what I saw, uh, I think someone said that there was a tribute video to Mr. Fuji that was shown, we saw it kind of like in the middle of the, um, the show. They showed it after uh, in a commercial break to us, but uh, it's it starts off with this great talking segment with the four number one contenders for the vacated Universal Champion uh, Universal Championship in the ring with the belt in the center, you know, on a podium. And what was really cool about everyone was having some great back and forth, and then Roman just sitting there, quiet, not saying a thing, just sits there. And then when someone's like, "Well, why don't you say anything?" He stands up and just punches Kevin Owens in the face. And it was amazing. No one expected that, especially because that's not a very babyface thing to do. Granted, I think now we can say he's definitely more of a tweener than a face or a heel. I think they're going to let Roman finally play to his strengths. Um, But it was just a very great way to start off Monday Night Raw. And then something that was... uh, uh, pretty cool. There was actually three different squash matches. We had Nia Jax in a squash match, Braun Strowman, and Sami Zayn versus Jinder Mahal, which was definitely a squash match. It was very one-sided. Jinder Mahal barely got any offensive in. And I'm not going to talk about every match. Uh, I actually didn't take any notes or anything during Monday Night Raw because I was so involved. This is mostly from memory and uh, what I re- uh, I watched uh, some recaps online. Um, I remember all the matches fairly well, but uh, there are certain things you know I wanted to make sure I'm talking about. Uh, so there's a six-person tag match between the club and Dana Brooke, which uh, Dana Brooke, she is so green and she is so bad. Versus. Uh, the New Day and Bailey, which was a great match, uh, especially because there was a segment when they were doing the roundabout stomp. Right, Bailey got tagged in and stomped on Carl Anderson. Granted, the second Bailey got tagged in, um, Dana Brooke should have came in and put an end to it because that's how mixed tag people matches work. Um, Bailey hit the be- Bailey to belly to win, which was really cool on uh, on Dana. Um, then there was Cesaro versus Sheamus in the second match of the best of seven. Cesaro gets, I think it was, a, I think he got hit with the brain buster against the ring apron and the, uh, goal and the ring post. I must say goal post. Watching too much football. That's a lie. No such thing as too much football. Anyway, um, he looked legitimately hurt. I think someone said, I think WWE said he bruised a vertebrae in his back. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's actually that. I'm not sure if that's a work or a shoot. I'm pretty sure it's a work. I hope it's a work. I don't want him to be hurt. He's a great, great wrestler. 
but he stayed down for a while, like a long time. I didn't see any X's thrown up by the uh, officials, but I might have just missed it. Um, so, Sheamus wins the match with the Cloverleaf submission, because, you know, that stretches the back, and he tapped pretty fast, which is one of the reasons why I think it's a shoot, or it could be a shoot. Uh, so, Sheamus is now up 2-0, and there was a great, great, great segment, especially on Paul Heyman's side. Stephanie was a little confusing. Uh, with the Paul Heyman, Stephanie McMahon segment, um, Paul Heyman did this thing where he starts paying Brock Lesnar's fines, the five hundred dollars of one, just counting them all out, going one, two, and throws out another dollar, and it's really, really, really cool. Um, especially because Paul Heyman's one of the best on the mic in the business, in the history of the business. I would say he's the best manager, especially on the mic. I mean, because he makes Brock Lesnar good. And nothing against Brock Lesnar. You know, he's got legitimate skill in NCAA wrestling and in UFC. But he cannot talk on the mic. He's not charismatic. Which is, two, I would say, three-fifths of wrestling he's not good at. He just really is not on professional wrestling side. But Paul Heyman makes him good. He's He make with Paul Heyman... Talking for him, Lesnar's matches are something I actually want to see. Without Paul Heyman, I don't think I'd give a crap about Lesnar. Why would I want to see someone with back, uh, backstage politicking every match into one side? It's, oh, Shawn Michaels. Now, but that's the thing, though, about Shawn Michaels' matches. They weren't all one-sided squash matches. Every single one of Brock Lesnar's matches, except for the two losses he suffered... Since re-signing with the company, one to Triple H and one to John Cena. So he basically beat, you know, the King of Kings and Superman. Since he, he's only been beaten by two of them. And he beat both of them in other matches. It's 50-50 booking. So no one should say crap about that, in my opinion. It's just 50-50 booking. But Paul Heyman makes Lesnar good. He makes something you want to see from an entertainment Standpoint On the sports side, yeah, I mean, you don't need a lot to build. I mean, one of the reasons why he's the top ever draw in UFC history with 1.6 million pay-per-view buys for UFC 100 is because everyone wanted to see his, him get his butt handed to him, you know, this outsider coming in uh, to the UFC. What, he ended up, I think he won that match. Anyway, but that that's UFC. That's not what I'm talking about. This is ramen and wrestling. Uh, if y'all want to hear me talk about more about UFC, let me know. Um, but it was a great segment. Stephanie was kind of confusing because, like, she kind of seemed heelish at first. And then as it went on, not. And then again, she felt heelish. It was just confusing. It's just confusing. Um, but then the very, the end of the match, the end of the night was amazing. Kevin Owens eliminates uh, the, the four-man elimination match uh, for the Universal Championship was awesome. When, all right, so uh, Big Cass gets eliminated. Not early. Not any, early by any sense, but he was eliminated first. And then at the end of the match, everyone just is obviously lying down. Like, you know, like they're getting, they've all gotten their butts handed out, out of the, out of the uh, back uh, of the side comes Triple H. Pedigrees Roman Reigns throws him in the ring. 
throws Seth Rollins in the ring. Seth Rollins gets the pin. And I know it's old news because of like this podcast is recorded on Sunday or Monday night or Sunday night or Monday morning, depending on availability of mine. Um, <clears throat> he uh, pedigrees Seth. He turns on Seth, and Kevin Owens becomes the new WWE Universal Champion, the second ever, unless you ask Stephanie, because for some reason. On Raw, she kept saying they were going to crown the first ever. No. Finn Balor is the first ever. Doesn't matter that it was only for 24 hours. Doesn't matter that it was vacated because of injury. He is still a WWE Universal Champion. He is still the first. You cannot change that. You cannot retcon it. It's in the record books. Just like you can't retcon Hornswoggle being Vince McMahon's son. That Fit Finley thing. No, that's BS. We all know that. Anyway... Kevin Owens won, and uh, I was going to save this to the end when I talk about other news, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it. ESPN Reorder shames Owens Steam for being happy about his father's WWE Universal title win. Owens uh, Steam being Kevin Owens' real name, name, but he go- Kevin Steen, but he goes by Kevin Owens because his son's name is Owen. He goes, his son is a, is his world. He's talked to, he talks about his family all the time. He loves his family. But, and he shames him by saying something like, uh, you know, he was so happy, like, you know, he quotes the, or he shares the video that uh, Kevin Owens' wife shared of their son crying tears of joy for his father, which any wrestler's son would do if their father won the Universal Championship. He goes, until he found out it was scripted. Um, Yeah, that's kind of a... I cannot, I cannot use the word, because I'm trying to keep this as a clean podcast. I cannot use the words to describe him that I would like to. Um, I think he, like, days later issued an apology, but only after sharing some images of, like, all these people, uh, you know, saying, you know, he was a jerk and stuff like that. And then what, he posted a picture of, like, a whole bunch of those and then just comments, uh, LAMO, with, like, a bunch of votes. So I was like, he didn't really care. He's probably the only reason why he apologized is because he was probably told by ESPN to apologize because they're currently working with WWE. I'm surprised Coachman himself didn't beat the living crap out of him. You know, people disrespect wrestling all the time, but this guy's supposed to be a journalist. And for anyone who says, "Well, wrestling's scripted," you know, wrestling's fake. It is fake. But you know what's also fake? The West Wing. Game of Thrones, and I know I'm. I grabbed the West Wing example from uh, Adam Bompier, what culture thing, but it's a very iconic TV show, so it's a very iconic reference. Uh, sorry about that. Anyway, who cares that it's fake? It's entertaining. That's the whole point. The difference between the athletes in WWE and the actors in, say, Game of Thrones is one of them do their own stunts. And one of them put their lives on the line 300 days out of the year to do amazing things and entertain the world. Uh, that's it for Raw. SmackDown was definitely the luscious show of the day, or of the week, in my opinion. Um, it might just be the fact that I was at Raw that made it feel so much better to me. But I think the universe, the shocking return of Triple H... The return, uh, or the Kevin Owens win, Big Cass having an opportunity at the top of the card, 
uh, it was just an overall great, great week for Monday Night Raw. But uh, there's just some quick things I want to uh, mention. The Headbangers returned for one night to lose to Rhino and Heath Slater, which I didn't really understand. And one thing I really want to mention is Apollo Crews has the opportunity, has the has the in-ring ability to be a top WWE superstar someday. If if even if it's just like you know a multiple-time Intercontinental Champion, those guys still deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because the Intercontinental Championship is a great championship. I think there's a... I mean, heck, Razor Ramon never won the WWE World Championship, but he made it in the Hall of Fame. He was a multiple-time uh, Intercontinental Champion. Had some of his best matches fighting over the Intercontinental Championship with Shawn Michaels. Now, I think Apollo Crews could go down a similar path, but he just doesn't have any direction from the writing staff. It's just... Do what you want. Just do this. Just do... We don't... They don't... They're not planning ahead for Apollo Crews, and it's definitely hurting him. He definitely doesn't have the look of a jobber, and I don't think they're going to make him be a jobber because he doesn't look like one. He doesn't look like someone who realistically would get beaten down left and right. But that's what happens. And I'm, I just think he's a better talent than that. Also, NXT was a great show this week, and so was the Cruiserweight Classic. There's a great moment of Daniel Bryan holding uh, Brian Kendrick's arm up at the end of uh, his match um, in the Cruiserweight Classic. So definitely go check that out, and if you don't have the network... You can uh, you get a free month uh, for new subscribers, and it's only nine ninety nine a month. I mean, I'm a college student. I can't afford much stuff, but I get that. I pay for that every month because, you know, it's something I love. And I think it's got so much. It's got so much value. But anyway, I digress. Now to take, take one angle from here until the future. I'm going to go with Kevin Owens and Triple H and Seth Rollins. This little triangle thing they got going on right now. Now, let's see. I'll, I'm, I'm very curious to what they'll do tonight on Raw. But very first up, I think what they need to do is they... Well, one thing that they should not do is they shouldn't make Kevin Owens a corporate guy. A corporate champion. He can be someone that the back's like, this guy is who we want as champion. But he doesn't, like, you know, conform to all the things. It's like... Like, he's good enough to be the champion without them, and they know that. But they want him to be champion because he's better than, you know, Seth Rollins. And this can definitely set up a Seth Rollins face turn, and I think that's the path they're going down. You know, I think he's going to hopefully become, I'd say, better. I think that he needs to happen what they wanted to happen with Roman Reigns, you know. Have him get beaten but with help by Kevin Owens, the help of the Authority, with the help of Triple H, like what happened last week. But instead of Roman Reigns just going doing the John Cena, oh well, get mad, be realistic, be something that the fans can buy into, can relate to. Because when someone gets screwed by the, an Authority figure, they don't do the John Cena Roman Reigns. Oh well. They get mad if they get passed over for a promotion at work from someone who's completely less deserving. They don't just go, oh, well, better luck next time. No. They know that they deserved it, you know. 
And while they might not say it, that's the great thing about WWE is in WWE, they do say it. That's why people got behind Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's because he screwed, because when the authorities screwed with him, he screwed them back. <coughs> so what I would do this week on Monday Night Raw is have Kevin Owens, have, uh, you know, a thing with Triple H, where Triple H is like, where, you know, where's your suit that I gave you? Kevin Owens comes out and he's in his plain KO shirt, belt over his ankle, or over his, not his ankle, went over his shoulder, and he says, um, I don't need a suit. I'm Kevin Owens. I've proved myself all around the world in Ring of Honor, or obviously they're not going to name the other companies, but it's like, I've proved myself in Japan, I've proved myself in Canada, I've proved myself around the world as one of the best wrestlers there is. I don't need a suit. And and Triple H, you know, you think Triple H is going to get mad, you know, like, you know, you got to do uh, what the authority uh, says. Uh. But instead, he's just like, you're right, Kevin. You're one of the best out there. And that's why I chose you. That's why I decided you're going to be the next champion. You are the best out there. And no one is going to stand in your way from doing whatever you want. So why get in the way? And just have him be a corporate-backed champion, but not a corporate champion, you know? And with Stephanie McMahon and Seth Rollins, you know, you definitely saw in the post w or in the you know on the WWE.com exclusive of um, Stephanie and like you know, like uh, I think Seth said, like uh, after all we've been through, you do this to me. It's like I didn't know, I didn't know this was gonna happen. And she legitimately looks confused and all that, which is really good on her part. Um, now. What I would do with that is when Stephanie's like, what are you doing to Hunter? He goes, I came back to do what's best for business. Seth Rollins injures people, which we know he's not. Everyone says he's an unsafe worker. Um, he's really not. You work 300 nights out of the year. You're likely to get injured. Okay, especially with the new style of wrestling being much more dangerous. Let's say, like the buckle bomb is not inherently dangerous, but Finn Balor stuck his shoulder out. Like there's two ways to take a buckle bomb: shoulders in, both shoulders out around the back. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't far enough back to take both of them around the back and stand. But I think he tried to, which is what led ultimately to his injury. Um, which more reports say it's more severe. So, but have Triple H play off of that. You know, call him an unsafe worker. Call him someone that the fans, you know, you know, he's not what's best for business. The fans still love him. Yet he attacks them. They're not going to want to buy his merchandise. That's not good for business. Something like that. You know, like you know, he when he's injured and the fans write him letters. You know, he burns them. Why would we want him? The fans don't. The fans, some of the fans get behind him, but most of them don't. Most of them hate him because he burns their fan mail. He doesn't care about the at the, about the universe, but neither does Kevin. But Kevin is better. You know, just play off of that. Play off of the unsafeness. Play off of the amazing heel work that Seth has done in the past. We are at a golden age of wrestling. You know, when we've got guys like 
uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa on um, NXT, who might be coming up to Monday Night Raw for the Cruiserweight division, which starts soon. I think it starts within like two or three weeks. Um, but it has the potential, or this angle has the potential to be a storyline of the year. It just depends how it goes uh, and what they do with it. First off, I would make sure to not, you know, if Roman Reigns gets involved, which I hope he doesn't, keep him on the mid-card. But if Roman Reigns gets involved, turn him heel. Have him be a lapdog, you know. Have him be, not a lapdog, but an attack dog for Kevin Owens and for the Authority. Uh, I think that would be the best way to capitalize on the whole people hate him, but and also his very aggressive realistic style of offense. So, I would take Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins on a feud to the next or to the next WWE Monday Night Raw pay-per-view. I can't think of what it is. And I would have Roman Reigns have a match against I'm trying to think, you know, a way to do with Roman Reigns. Actually, you know what? I'd have Roman I no. That won't work. I'm I'm trying to do this off the spot, mark. you know, trying to make it feel more natural. Um, I would have Roman Reigns go after the United States Championship again because he had a great match with Rusev on that Monday Night Raw before the pay per view, and it got cut so they wouldn't go over. But I would have Seth Rollins either have a match against. Uh, Owens for the Universal Title have or have Owens get a way of getting out of that match, or make or make Triple H say you know you don't deserve a title match you lost didn't you? And then Seth Rollins is like you pedigree me he goes that doesn't matter you lost. If you want a championship match, you have to earn it. It's like you know you have to beat these three people. Have you know if Cesaro is healthy, be Cesaro, Big Cass, and. Um, Chris Jericho, and like you beat all three of those guys, then at the next pay per view you'll have a number one contendership match against the against a nameless opponent, you know, an uh, opponent that you'll find out that night. And if you win, you'll go on. If you lose, you can't challenge it till after WrestleMania. And um, so, have him get to the pay per view. Have him somehow come out on top of all those matches. And the mystery opponent is Triple H. And make it like, you know, kind of like the roadblock with Triple H. Except instead of Dean Ambrose picking up or losing because his feet went under the ropes, have uh, have uh, Triple H pin him, but, you know, have his feet on the ropes or under the ropes or something like that, where Triple H thinks he won, but the official never rings the bell because, you know, he saw his feet, but Triple H didn't know he saw his feet. Have him get up, be like, I'm the king. and then have uh, Seth Rollins hit a sling, ha- have him turn around into a sling blade, and then have Seth Rollins go for his old finisher from the Indies, a Phoenix Splash. No more pedigree. He doesn't need the pedigree. He is Seth Rollins. And then have him go off on an amazing uh, as a face with an amazing feud against um, Kevin Owens, because we all know that would be a feud for the ages. Both these guys are amazing workers. They've proved it around the world. Now, WWE, please, please, please do it better. Because 
I really love professional wrestling, and right now is definitely the height, and I want to see it become even better. Thank you for joining us this week on Ramen and Wrestling. I have been your host, Stinger. I'll check you next week. Uh, oh, and before I forget, I'm sorry that episode 2 wasn't loaded onto YouTube. I had some problems with the video rendering, but some big news. We're now available on YouTube, so we're on YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, the main channel, Dome Warriors, is on Patreon at uh, www.com Patreon or www.patreon.com forward slash the Dorm Warriors. Uh, I'll leave links in the description. Thank you for joining me, and I'll catch you next time.